The future of radio. The future of radio. The future of radio is here. Unemploymentradio.com. What a strange encounter that was. I know. I mean, the more I think back about it now, especially since everybody else is starting to figure out what this is, or, or there's like this whole resurgence or renaissance associated with it. It is like and people are just discovering it, too, for the first time. That's what I mean. Like, re- yeah. a resurgence and people just discovering it. And, you know, it was so long ago for us, but... God, that was weird. That in was, hindsight, over the years of interactions we've had, we've had with all the different kinds of people, and we've had some strange ones. That's got to be about the strangest. Oh, absolutely, I mean, hands Andrew, down. Andrew WK was weird. This one was just strange. Andrew WK was weird, but he was coherent. Yeah, that was a di- like. I mean, yeah, he didn't look at us the entire time, and we kind of thought that maybe it might not actually be him until we no. saw his face. But the other one is kind of like we interviewed an alien. All right, we need to talk about this. Okay. Hello, everyone. This is Fun Employment Radio. I am Greg Nibbler here with Sarah X. Dillon. Thank you so much for tuning in today, wherever and however you listen. It is so fantastic that you do so. Of course, we are live here five days a week on the Fun Employment Radio Network, and then available via podcast all over the internet wherever podcasts can be found. Thank you for finding us. We were out yesterday from our live show, and I want to say thank you to our live listeners for uh, live. Subscribers, not only for subscribing live, $6.99 a month, the first week is free, but also for understanding. Uh, I wasn't feeling well yesterday, so uh, we we sat out. We didn't do a show yesterday, mm. and um, thank you for understanding But that. now we're feeling a lot better. Feeling a lot better. Yes. And on top of that, we did release, though, our live podcast from the Portland Podcast Festival, Woo. which did happen, well, gosh, now it's been 10 days. It's oh, been my 10 God. Days how is that, that even possible? It's crazy. Stuff. It hasn't been ten. It's been nine days. It has. Well, I think it's because we've already had like three meetings about the about two thousand eighteen. I know. I really, I really enjoy how exuberant you and both you and Jason are about next year. But I'm just like, oh my god, you guys, can you give it a breather for like a second? Never. We're too excited about it. So we're already planning for the two thousand eighteen Portland Podcast Festival, which will be happening. Hashtag PDX Podfest two thousand eighteen. But we put up that episode, so go ahead and take a listen to that on the Fun Employment Radio uh, feed. We've got there. You can subscribe and listen to that episode. So there it is. Um, also, I was out this weekend. I do want to say, um, you know, I, I went down to, to my parents' house over the weekend out for family stuff. And before we get into talking about what we're going to get, get back to at the very beginning here, mm-hmm. I got to play with a puppy this weekend. Oh, awesome. oh my gosh. I think everyone saw the pictures. The picture was pretty great. Yes. It's a pretty awesome puppy. My dad got a puppy. My parents' uh, dog passed away a little while ago and they got a puppy. And so uh, now I. That's like a puppy puppy, right? It's like a puppy puppy. I mean, he is, he is seven weeks old. Like oh my just, god! I saw him the day after they they were able to pick him up from the pound. Oh my god! Like he's tiny and he's a little golden shaver puppy, and his name's Bud. Is he's a little golden shaver puppy. Golden retriever. Puppy. Oh okay, okay. He's a golden retriever, and, and his, his name is Bud. His name's Bud. Oh my and god! He's like the most amazing puppy in the world, and I have fun and I played with him for like a day, and it was awesome. That sounds like a very lovely. time. It was pretty. It was pretty awesome. And any any say, puppy time is really good. Yeah, it was pretty good. That's like so you had to exchange the good for the bad. You're like, all right, cool. You got like hours of puppy. Puppy time, yeah. But then you're going to get uh, some sort of some sort crippling of crippling ailment, <laughs> illness, yeah, <laughs> illness, ailment, yeah, that that came upon me. Mm. Anyway, that's what the puppy the the puppy picture was. So I was I was pretty excited about that. I wanted to put that. Up. That's very anyway. Exciting. You're just bragging about playing with a puppy. Yes, pretty much. We're that's exactly what I did. I just took a minute of our airtime to brag about yeah. uh, to puppy brag. Yeah, hashtag mm-hmm. humble puppy brag. Yeah, I played with a puppy this weekend. It was awesome. It's very exciting. Anyway. Let's get back to what we were talking about at the beginning. And it has to do with this, with a movie that's coming out 
Well, that is out. That is out. It yeah. came out last weekend or the weekend before. It's been kind of confusing when they actually rolled it out, but it's out nationwide, I think now, called The Disaster Artist. And I'm sure you've heard something about this. Uh, Sarah, I know you're listening to the Audible book of The Disaster Artist. I am. Right I now. went to Audible and I downloaded the book and I am. Wait, where did you go? I went to funemploymentradio.com and then clicked on the Audible link. Okay, well, yeah, that's a great way I mean, that's the easier way. I mean, because I can get lost if I do it any other way. Exactly. So I like to know, because, like, it's nice to have funemploymentradio.com as a home base. Uh Uh-huh. Because it's like, all right, that's, like, where I'm secure. I know, like, when I go there, where the links lead is going to be a safe and beneficial place for me. Sure. Mm -hmm. This is all good. Because if you just do it randomly on the Internet, it's like, you don't know where it's going to take you. Yeah. But safely, securely at funemploymentradio.com. I clicked on that Audible link. And and, and if you didn't already have an account, which I know you do, mm-hmm. you could sign up for a free trial and get a free audiobook. Like The Disaster Artist. Like The Disaster Artist. Which, by the way, something – all right, I know we've talked about – so a couple months ago, I finally, in my 37 years on this planet, have discovered the joy of the audiobook, of the book on tape, except for now it's not on tape anymore because it's like on – on the internet. I don't know how it works, you know, whatever. They're out there, uh, people reading books to you. It is so awesome because you can, like, read a book while you're doing other things like exercising or, you know, doing – like, it's really a neat way to read Through the eyes of Sarah. Well, you read read through your ears. It's amazing. Uh Uh-huh. So this one in particular, so I found uh, with so I've listened to a few audiobooks since uh, the first one that I listened to, Anne Rule, The Stranger Beside Me. What I have found with audiobooks is that I really like um, books that are read by the person that wrote them. Uh-huh. Like for that really to me makes the difference. I found like other audiobooks that I've listened to, I don't quite like it when I don't know when someone is reading about somebody else's experience, but it's not them. Okay. Is that right. a weird – is that You weird? mean for biographies or – I yeah, mean because I don't think for fiction that's necessary. Not for necessary. fiction, but I mean like, yeah, because I read some like biographies and autobiographies and that – I suppose it's such. good if it, if it is a biography or an autobiography or yeah. something like that, then – yeah, I guess more an autobiography is really what I'm talking about. Mm. Or nonfiction maybe in general where you want to hear that person's voice. And you do want to hear it from their perspective. It's yeah. really neat. I don't think fiction is necessary for that matter. Uh, that I think that anybody can read fiction books as long as you're a good narrator and well, reader I, because yeah. I know some people who are doing yes. that and that's and that's cool. I'm going to say that's pretty good mm-hmm. on them. Anyway, no, I mean if it's somebody, I think I think it's the, if it's something that happened to the person, if it's that it's their particular story to tell. Right. Well, it's always nice to hear their their perspective. Yeah. yeah. And so the perspective of this story is uh, written by this man named Greg Sestero. So the disaster artist is. Basically, uh, the story of Greg Sestero, who plays Mark in the room. Okay, we haven't even said what the room is, though. For people who don't know what the room the room is, well, the disaster artist. That's what the so the disaster artist is the book by Greg Sestero, based on his experience of filming the movie The Room. So the room, is and the I know Citizen there's still Kane of bad movies, and I, I I think there's still people who maybe are now just hearing about The Room for the first time, even though this was you know ten fifteen years ago that it really became popular yeah, for all out, the wrong reasons. It came out in 2002. 2002. Yeah, so 15 years ago mm-hmm. is when it first came out. So The Room is largely regarded, just for a quick explainer for anybody who doesn't know, regarded as the worst movie of all time. Mm. I mean, it it is an awful movie. It is awful. It is, And I can just say, I can say as someone who has watched it probably over a hundred times, if uh-huh. not... I, I would say, would you? I don't think I'm exaggerating. No, I mean, you listen to early episodes of Fun Employment Radio, and we've been going for what eight years. 
you were still talking about the room back then. Yeah. And it was already old for you at that point. At that point, You'd yeah. Because we watch it because me and uh, and a bunch of my girlfriends would watch it at least we'd watch it probably once a week. Because you're who I found out about it from. Mm. And I think a lot of people probably found out about it from you. And I don't know how you found out about it. I really honestly don't know. And I was actually thinking about that the other day because as I've been listening to this book, I've been trying to pinpoint it because it came out in 2002. I was looking in my email and I've referenced it at least from what I could find when I started my Gmail account, which was in 2006. Mm-hmm. And I found references all the way back to 2006 in my email. Where you were talking about Where I was talking about the, the room. room or talking to some of my girlfriends about coming over to watch the room. And drinking wine and hanging out. Well, I I read a little bit about the history of the movie. Could I just say one thing really quick about how that I thought was interesting? And then I want to hear you talking about the disaster artist and everything else about it. Uh, But how the room became popular was – so the quick explainer is Tommy Wiseau is this strange guy that nobody knows exactly where he's from. He's got a weird, strange, European-esque accent. Um, He has – He's independently wealthy for some reason. Nobody knows where he got his Nobody money. Nobody knows where his money is But from. he's got a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And he self-financed this film. Six million dollars. Six million dollars. Which if you watch it, you think there's no way they could spend six million dollars on this. But of course, he starred, directed, produced, wrote uh, everything. He was, he was the, you know, all of the main titles were all him. And then he cast a few other people in this movie and filmed this movie in L.A. And then put it out, put up a giant billboard on Sunset. Uh, I think it was on Sunset Boulevard. Or s- it was. It was on, yeah, it was right in front of Chateau Marmont where that big yeah. uh, billboard is that you can see right when you're driving down Sunset. Yeah, which I can't imagine what that costs. And put that up there, and it was up there for years advertising this movie. And it got released in, I think, one one theater picked it up or something like that in, in Hollywood, not very many. And it was about ready to go away, and these film students saw it, and they went in and watched it. And they thought it was so bad that it was hilarious. And so they started getting other people and encouraged the theater to keep showing it. So it was really just all – is that true? Like it was yeah, based so on like just, these two, two, two or three films, film students? Yeah, these two film students that were obsessed. As soon as they saw it, they um, went up to the window and they saw it. Um, what did they say? Uh, this movie is like uh, watching uh, – like feeling yourself getting stabbed in the head. So like something <laughs> along those lines. Something about stabbing in the head. I don't know if it's you or somebody else. but um, And they were just fascinated by this. And so they went in and watched it and immediately – they were like, holy shit, this is the worst, best thing ever. So they recruited all their friends to come and watch it. Then they um, they had like a, a protest, like a sit-in to try and get the theater to keep playing it. And more and more people started <laughs> having these parties and, and such, you know, playing this movie. So it became this whole event to go see the movie because it was so think, bad. You watch it together. And that's why I think it hooked me when it did because the movie itself is just – I mean, when I tell people about The Room and then they watch it for the first time, like, for example, when I was working this past weekend at Landmark, I played The Room. Yeah. And, you know, I made and sure there were people no, there seeing it for the first there time. There were people there who were seeing it for the first time. And the people who were watching it were shocked that it was so terrible. Yeah. Because I don't think that you are mentally prepared for how bad it is. I'm like, no, it's not like a funny, haha, oh, this movie is terrible. It's fucking terrible. Well, yeah, but that's where it turns around to where it's funny because it's so bad. And that's it. But people don't understand. They're yeah. like, well, this acting's so bad. I'm like, I know. They're like, this scene doesn't make any sense. I know. No, the story doesn't make sense. There's ve- that. There's whole giant holes in the plot. The background, because they filmed a bunch of it on green screen, it's different almost <laughs> like every time. Yeah, it's supposed to look like San Francisco and it looks like somewhere like in like Europe. Yeah, at one point it'll look like there's a city in the way back in the background and then the next point from the same angle it'll be like, yeah, like a Mediterranean city in the background. It's it is so incredibly bad that it's best watched with other with someone else 
I would say to really appreciate it so you can bounce it back and forth on someone and, and be like, that really is happening, right? Like mm. that's that's what's going on. I mean, let alone the love scenes. Oh my For god! For anyone who but, hasn't seen the room in the first twenty minutes of this movie, it's about an hour and forty minutes long. There are three love scenes, two of which include uh, Tommy Wiseau, who's the of course the writer, director, star, producer, sound guy, it's sound engineer, like everything of it. Yeah. Seeing his naked, creepy butt for um, so you're not selling it because if you sold it that way, I would never turn this movie. No, off. and I'm not. I don't feel like I need to sell it to anybody. Like I yeah. enjoy it. I loved it. I think it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. I was obsessed with it for years. I still find it just so interesting. And what's weird now is that um, as this has become popular, so since you know the Disaster Artist is out starring you know Seth Rogen, uh, James Franco. Uh, I don't know. There's yeah. a bunch of people. Dave, Dave Franco, Dave Franco, the Franco brothers. Yeah, the Franco brothers. Well, and and real quick, so the disaster artist thing is Greg Sestero, who was an actor on it, but also Tommy's friend in real life, Sestero. Sestero. Yes. So he is. So him and Tommy Wiseau met in acting class in San Francisco, and they became friends. Like, it's a very strange. This is what's been so interesting about listening to the disaster artist, and then also watching the movie and doing all my internet research so much. Yeah, because they're genuinely, truly friends in real life. And Greg Sestero knows Tommy Wiseau better than anybody else, and he barely knows him at all. Yeah, like, doesn't, still doesn't know where he's from. Still doesn't, doesn't know, know where he's from. Doesn't know where his money came from. Doesn't know where his accents from. Doesn't know how old he is. Oh yeah, doesn't that's know, the other thing. It is yeah. Possible to tell. Just it's impossible to tell. Yeah, uh, um, and, and so he wrote this book about his experience with the movie and what ex- it did. about the his experience about the movie and um, him and his friendship with Todd, like the strange friendship that they developed, um, and it's just it's so interesting and it's so it's like sweet in a way too because there's so much you know there there's so much like mean and sarcasm meanness and sarcasm and stuff but I mean there's is a genuine sweet undertone of like true affection there even though it's just a shit show yeah it's it's. Great. It's great. Yeah. So with all of that happening. And so they made this movie based on that book. And that's yeah. So they made. Yep. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, so Greg Sestero the, uh, yeah. um, wrote this book with this uh, guy, Tom Bissell. And uh, so anyway, I, 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 had, I remember reading about this years ago that James Franco and all of his friends were also obsessed with the room around the same time. Well, there's a lot of Hollywood comedians became obsessed. Yeah. So they would have like private like room screening parties in Hollywood and people would just go dressed as like the different characters. Um, you know, like Lisa, his future wife, or, you know, Mark, the best friend, and like all these things. So it was a big deal. And so they were all equally obsessed. So after when Greg Sestero wrote this book, that's when they optioned it to get to make the movie out of it because they've all been obsessed and James Franco really wanted to play Tommy Wiseau. And um, so it's strange now to have this like this notoriety for this thing, you know, this like little stupid thing that I've always loved. And then people mm-hmm. are like trying to talk to me about it. They're like, oh, have you heard of that movie, The Room? Like, Yes, I've played roof football with Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> Are you like the like the? Uh, well, actually, I heard about it back then. No, so. I don't. I don't want to be like that, but I feel like it. Yeah, because you've known about it for a long time. I know, and I don't want. To, I don't want to be the asshole. Like I'm not going to be some smug <laughs> asshole, even though I am a smug asshole. Well, the, the one thing with it is interview. So this is on our show on Fun Employment Radio. Back, I don't know, a couple years into when we were doing the show, we. Uh, went and met Tommy Wiseau because oh, he tours in, now and yeah. he does and he he'll tour around all over the country, all over the world, showing the room. And he's changed his mind. He's understood the cultural sensation of it and decided that uh, even though it wasn't made to be a comedy, now he he kind of spins it as, oh yeah, I knew it was a comedy. It's That's supposed why to be a that. black comedy. Yeah, you know, it's, which is clearly not supposed to be. But you know, smart guy. He's trying to capitalize on it, and so you know, go with what you have there. 
And so he goes around and, and shows shows it to different independent theaters and will show up and people all come to see it and then he'll do a, a speech. And we interviewed him uh, several years ago uh, here in, in town. In 2010. At, 2010, damn. Yeah. At uh, Cinema 21. And we went, we went to this interview and it was really, this is what I was talking about at the beginning of the show, one of the strangest interviews that we've ever had here in Front of Planet Radio. Even with all those years and, you know, hundreds if not thousands of people that we've interviewed since then. I mm. mean, seriously, it's been a lot of people since that, that episode. That's still probably the strangest one we've ever done. Because we met him at the theater and... I have never been, I was super... So excited and so nervous. All right, so well, so, we went in, but we had set it up. So like, I I was writing back and forth, and so it was Greg and I, and then two of my girlfriends who are you know were equally as obsessed with the room as as I was. So we're just like, all right, we need to bring them with us because clearly they can't not be there. So uh, both Heather well, they and Kelsey, our, they were our assistants. Yeah, we had mm-hmm. assistants that day, and so yeah, so we went to the theater to interview him, and he we did the interview in the actual theater, sitting in... But all facing forward. So so the movie wasn't going, but we went into the actual theater part of the theater and all sat in a row of chairs. Or I think uh, Kelsey and Heather sat behind us. But we all sat in a row facing forward while we tried to conduct this interview very awkwardly uh, with Tommy. And it was clear from the get-go he did not like me. He, I don't think he was very enthused oh. about another guy being there. No, because it, it wasn't him, just a casual dislike. He hated you. Yeah, because he had three ladies there who were all clearly fans of his, and it was his time to shine. And here's this dude with a recorder who's asking questions, too. And so oh, he was I was so not his favorite person. Of you? I, he was not, I was definitely not his favorite person. And, you know, we. I, I want to play some of the audio here in a minute, too, just some, a couple of the liners that we ended up getting from him. Oh. You can listen to the actual interview. If you uh, just search on our, our website, Fun Employment Radio, you can find the, the original interview, the full thing, which is worth listening to. We, we had the interview. Yeah, he hated me. And I don't know, what was it, like 15 minutes or something like that we talked to him? Yeah, probably about 15, 20 minutes. And we asked him the basic questions everybody asks about, you know, where is he from? And I think his response when we interviewed him, he was like, I'm from America or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I can't remember what he said. Something along those lines. Yeah. And I think I asked him a football question, which he probably didn't like because he claims to like football. And that's one of the things in the movie is they always show him they, they toss the football around. But it's really awkward. Like he clearly has never thrown a football before. Well, it's so roof, he does this weird. It's like basically so they're on a fake rooftop for part of it where they're throwing the football and they're only like three feet across from each other. Yeah, and, and they're that, throwing this like r- this weird football a really short distance. Yeah, it's it's really strange, and so it's it's clear he does not he doesn't have any idea how to throw a football really, and and so afterward we brought a football with us, and asked him if he would play football with us outside of the theater, and he agreed to, and we had which I was I was so surprised because we asked yeah. him we're like are we bringing the football I was so scared I'm like but we have to ask him if he'll play roof football with us. Because yeah. it's Tommy Wiseau, and we just have to we have to do it. And he, the lo and behold, he said yes. He did. And so there's a video of us up on our Fun Employment Radio YouTube channel. Maybe we'll post it on this. I mean, granted, this is a while ago, so it's it's weird seeing this now. But where we're out there and we're tossing the football around with Tommy Wiseau, and at one point, I um, I pitched the ball to him, which is just when you pitch the ball, it's good for short distances. I, I pitched the ball to him. Just a football thing where you mm. pitch it to like to running back or something. And he had never seen that before. And he looks at me and he said something like, oh, that's a new kind of throw. You know, and I can't do the Tommy accent. But, yeah. And, and he was like just mind boggled by this. But I think I also kind of embarrassed him because I believe he dropped it or almost dropped it. 
And for him, since he had all these ladies around, he was pissed off. And so he took the ball and just threw it at my head. Oh, yeah. He aimed it. And it's caught on camera. Like, I would, the camera was actually right behind me as he basically chucks the ball at my head, trying to hit me with it and ends up throwing it into the street. Again, did not like you. Did not like me. Mm -mm. Did not like me. What I like about this freeze frame, too, is I'm looking at this video. You can see, and it's described in The Disaster Artist, too, about how uh, Tommy always wears multiple belts. Yeah. And that was one of the weirdest things. So... He's a very strange-looking man. So when we first saw him, like, he has super dark, like, long, curly hair, very short, very lumpy. And we'll put this video up at Fun Employment on this episode, too, so you can yeah. go to the website and see it. And he's wearing – and uh, he wears, like, a lot – so he very much uh, – he was wearing, like, this bright red shirt with a black vest, jeans, a belt in the notches, and then another belt that had no purpose that was just, like, floating between, like, his, his butt cheeks and his legs. It was like underneath them. It's an, yeah, an underbelt. It was so, but th- it was the weirdest thing. It was so distracting and it was mesmerizing to watch him walk because he's holding this belt up and you don't know how he is because it's not hooked up to anything uh-huh. and it's just kind of balancing there, yeah. but it's not slipping and he's yeah. just in there and he's running around playing football with his belt around his butt. It is the weirdest <laughs> thing. It's so strange. It was just bizarre. Didn't take off his sunglasses ever. Yeah. No. Yeah, mm-hmm. I had the sunglasses on the whole time. The, the whole time. And we're in, in a theater. dark movie theater. Like, I'm surprised he didn't trip. because Yeah, was, they like, didn't really... really turn the lights up. Like, the lights were barely on. It was so weird. And still, uh, that's what I'm saying. This is one of the strangest interviews that we have ever been a part of. I mean, do you have some of the liners that oh, we yeah. created out of it? Yeah. So I have... Here, wait, here he kept liners. screwing up the liners, which I think I left... I think we left them in where... I think you did. Yeah, I think it's this Left the mistakes on. in. Hi, everyone. You are listening Fun Employment Radio. This is Tommy Wiseau. Thank you for listening. And one and two and three. <laughs> <laughs> like, didn't ask him to do that. Oh, here's, here's another one. Hi, everyone. How are you guys doing? I mean, you are listening now to Fun Employment Radio. And this is Tommy Wiseau. You are tearing me apart, our audience in Portland. Portland. <laughs> It's not the potland. I am now how it's to. It's kind pr- of potland. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you see now they correct me. Hopefully, uh, cut. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that was the one that he wanted to be the take, but that's the no, because I have the full. I mean, I have the audio before you put the. Oh really? Sound in. I I honestly haven't heard that. I mean, no, I think like because you cut the a couple of the things up. Oh. And then yeah, made them. Here I'm gonna look it up. Hang on. Really okay. Quick. All right. Where well, we can play that? So, so Jess is asking, is Tommy drunk by chance? I don't think so. No. It didn't seem like. No, I think he's sober. Yeah, he 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 genuinely seems like one of those guys who doesn't imbibe in anything. He's just naturally bonkers. Yeah. Like he's that's that's all natural. All right. Here I have this. So this is without the sound. This is the original recording. All right. Hi, everyone. How are you guys doing? I mean, you're listening now to Fun Employment Radio. And this is Tommy Wiseau. You are tearing me apart, our audience in Portland. Portland? <laughs> it's not the Portland. I am now. How it's to kind pr- of Portland. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you see, now they correct me. Hopefully, uh, cut. <laughs> <laughs> That's that was, awesome. That was, that was weird. Right yeah, no. Do one more it time? Kind of sure. Okay. Well, you do a few also. You're tearing me apart for like maybe... Oh, sure. oh, no problem. Okay, I won't touch you, Mr. Wilson. No, you can't touch me. I like to somebody touch you. It's electricity go through. <laughs> call me Tommy. Don't call me Mr. Wazzle. Okay. Is that how it's pronounced, Wazzle? Wazzle? Mm-hmm. Wazzle is the bird. Wazzle. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I've been saying it wrong all this time. 
uh, so what's the name of the radio? Fun Employment Radio. Okay. Hi everyone, you are listening Fun Employment Radio. This is Tommy Wazo. Thank you for listening. And one and two and three. Oh my wow. god. I don't even remember that dialogue talking about electricity. I don't remember. Somewhere I've got a whole bunch of outtakes of, from that interview. Oh, yeah. That didn't make it into the interview or or onto that. I oh, that's I'd weird. Yeah, because I, I mean, yeah, cause I left it recording. Used, yeah, that's the one that you used to like piece together those two liners. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I would be curious to see what, it, what I've got All on right. that. All right. So one of the best things that I have... That I have learned thus far from listening to the disaster artist is uh, Greg Sestro talking about the different roles that Tommy plays. Uh huh. Like, you know, with all the, we already talked about like the producing and the directing. But one of the things that he also specifies was how Tommy plays his own administrative assistant named John. Yeah. I remember you talking about this. I have emails back and forth with John. So he created his own administrative assistant that would then handle. That he just okay, replied via so email as John? And I remember us talking about this on the show years ago. Clearly, it is written the exact same way that Tommy Wiseau talks. So, like, <laughs> there's no way that it could be anybody other than him. I remember talking to you and be like, this is totally Tommy Wiseau pretending to be, like, his own <laughs> assistant. This is bizarre. Um, I also just realized that I, I still have his phone number. So that's a thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. So uh, I was, I'm going back and forth, and it's always signed with, like, thank you, Mr. Wiseau will, can do this and, you know, this such and such. Mr. Wiseau's urgent request. Let's say, yes, he can do in person. Let me know about time, location. Thank you for your cooperation. Sincerely, John, administrative Wiseau films. <laughs> Edward's saying, call him. No. I don't no, know. No. I don't know. Because I want to be it's able to interview him again. probably a different number by now anyway, yeah. I would imagine. So he sends every email for thank you for your cooperation. So here it is. Uh, Please to let us know if the interview would be okay to schedule for Saturday. Also, just in case, what would be phone number so Tommy can reach you? Thank you for cooperation. Sincerely, John, administration with So Films. <laughs> so I wonder if he still does that, if he still has a fake administrative assistant. I, I don't know. I'm looking at this. Oh, this is how old it is. I, that, my messages I was sending to him were from my Verizon wireless BlackBerry. Wow. Yeah. Dang. Wow, it's really going to town on the BlackBerry. That's just crazy. Well, the bottom line is we're going to go see the disaster artist tonight. That being said, I am so, so, so so excited. A few of us that are going to go see it. And I am excited to see it as well, just to see the – I mean, it's just weird. This, Like I said, this whole new resurgence of Tommy Wiseau. And it's true, though. I mean, honestly, in a a world of all the messed up stuff that's going on right now, this is kind of a fun little distraction of it's a really dumb movie that some guy spent a bunch of money on. And now it's become this phenomenon that people get so much joy out of for whatever reason, Mm -hmm. whatever kind of reason is you're getting the joy out of it. It's it's pretty fun. And uh, and I just I love the idea of that. I mean, it's just so silly. It's so silly. It's so ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm really excited about it. And again, yeah. And again, like if you have never seen it and then you watch it and you're just like, oh, my God, this is awful. Like it don't don't be like it's the worst, best thing you will ever see. The room. The room. Yes. So I'm sure uh, you can you can purchase it online. I would suggest watching it. My my suggestion is just me. I would suggest watching it with uh, maybe a couple of friends and uh, having some drinks or whatever imbibing in something because it's so bizarre. You're going to you have to power through it. 
but you might want to quit at some point. Yeah, but you have to keep going. Especially in the beginning. But you have to keep going to really get the full picture. Mm -hmm. It's just one of those things it's worth seeing once. And I think that what you also need to do is like suspend disbelief. Like you're not going to be able to figure it out. Like you're not going to watch it and be like, oh, I'm going to get something from this that nobody else has. Like I'm going to figure out the plot. There is no point. No, the fun is, is the plot holes. Yeah. Is the ridiculousness. Well, the results are in. I've definitely, <laughs> definitely got happened. breast cancer. Oh, my God. And then nothing happens with it. Like, the, just mm-hmm. one example, one spoiler. The, one, of the, one of the mom characters, uh, or the, uh, the mother of the girl who's in the film, blah, blah, uh, blah. Of Lisa, anyway, his future wife. Yes. She, she just announces to her daughter that the results are in. <laughs> I've definitely got breast cancer. Everything goes wrong at the same time, and I'm dying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she announces that she has breast cancer, and then it's never addressed again. Like, she announces that she's dying from breast cancer, and then the movie just keeps on going on, and they never come back to to address that point. It's as though she never said it in the first place. And, and there's also, so like, strange. an aggressive, like, uh, drug dealer confrontation scene there's, in there for no reason. An just, alleyway that's just built for no particular, uh, yeah, yeah, no reason. It is, it is, fa- it's definitely worth watching once, yeah. Uh, I would I would suggest watching it. The soundtrack it's amazing. It's terrible. There's it's absolutely awful. I wouldn't do for you. I know all the words to the song. I know. Jesus you know it Christ. a little too. You definitely I know. know. It. I know yeah. it's a problem. All right, what I know I hate it. I know I hate that I'm getting so like I'm annoyed with myself. Are you getting you're getting annoyed that other people are into the room yes, now? Yes, and I'm annoyed with myself. Which, you know because I'm never cool and like <laughs> it was a thing that I've always loved and now everyone's like, "Oh yeah, this thing, this thing. like I'm like I know. I mean, now I see how when someone's loved something for a really long time and then you someone's trying sound, to like explain sound, it to you, I'm like, "I know." You sound like those people like when a band becomes popular and then like, "Well, I heard about them back when." I don't want to because I'm I'm grateful that other people are seeing this ridiculous thing so I have more people to talk to about it. Mm-hmm. But you're right, I'm kind of selfish. It's kind of it's always kind of been my special little treasure. And now yeah. I have to share it. It's like my toy, and I have to well, share it with everybody special else. Special little treasures. All some people up aren't going to treat my toy very well. Yeah. Might disrespect my toy. Yeah, but it's not your toy anymore. I know it's everybody's toy. It went from mine to community. It's like I yeah. gave it away. Yeah, but I mean, it's not, it wasn't mine to begin with. I don't know, Greg. I don't know. No, that James and James Franco. No, you took it mainstream. Sorry, Sarah. That's all right. I'm sorry for your loss. Well, I uh, I am very curious to see how this is done. So I, I hope I, I, I really too. hope that it's good. I I mean, it's based on I don't see how it can be terrible. Yeah. Well, what I'm excited about too is going to see it with a bunch of people who I've also watched this movie with hundreds of times. So even if it even if it is terrible, like just to see the references, like somebody making well, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah, this movie's. I mean, the room is just cheap, cheap, cheap. It's so it's so bad and it's so dumb. That's the whole point of it. That it's just how can you get mad? Yeah, you know. So I mean, the disaster artist. That's based on the book. We'll see how it is. Well, I'm taking. Well, the, I'm gonna guess it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be amazing. Well, I'm definitely taking the bus, and I'm definitely bringing some purse wine for this. Okay. Yeah. All right. The the disaster artist needs purse wine. Some purse wine time. Yeah, it's purse wine time. All right. All right. I'm sorry if I sound like an asshole. I didn't mean to. I was just trying to be honest. Boy. I know, Greg. I'm disappointed in myself. I told you. Like, I'm disappointed that I feel like I'm owed something because people are now discovering something that I loved. It doesn't make any sense and it's not fair. And I feel very selfish for it. It's okay. I've emailed back and forth with John. Hello, my friends. My name is Sarah X. Dillon. The sole lover of the movie The Room. Nobody else can love it. Nobody will ever love it as much as me. 
love it more than me. I, I need more than that. Stop not saying things. I, you know you're just letting I, me I'm dig a hole. You, I'm waiting for you to... Hello, friends. My name is Sarah. I'm still in welcome to my world to crazy. Crazy. All right. Now, we all have seen... Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? Greg. Wow, what a great audience. Greg. Do you know about Uber and Lyft surges? How sometimes, you know, cars are in more popular areas I'm, and then they'll raise their prices because there's so such a high demand. Yes. I'm more curious about what you're trying to intro your story with by talking about Uber and Lyft surge pricing. Well, a Toronto man who took an Uber across the city for only five miles experienced an extreme example of surge pricing when he was charged what was supposed to be $16. He was charged... $14,401 for a five-mile ride that across Toronto. That sounds like I'm going to guess there was a mistake. Well, that's so funny, Greg. There was a mistake. But he got charged for it. So get this. They took it out of his bank account. So what dude who has 14... I mean, I guess everyone can take an Uber or a Lyft, but he, like they took out the $14,000 from his bank account. Because he had $14,000, he shouldn't take a, a Lyft or Uber. <laughs> what know. should he do instead? A limo? I, I mean, I think you're perhaps overestimating how much money that is. Like Maybe I am. That seems, like, that seems like a million dollars to me right now. <laughs> I, well, I mean, I understand, but <laughs> why did he take his helicopter across the, <laughs> Toronto? I mean, <laughs> we're talking about $14,000. <laughs> Yeah, it's I know. Not gonna, I know. I fourteen thousand dollars. Yes, but like, who just has fourteen thousand dollars lying around? Fun employment radio six ninety nine a month. First week is free. If you have a business that is in need of advertising, we reach a great audience. Go ahead and write us an email. Funemploymentradio at gmail dot com. Did I just show my poor? <laughs> <laughs> Why would a guy with fourteen thousand dollars be taking an Uber? Like, Come on! <laughs> I mean, what, what was he supposed to do? <laughs> Why did he stay in his penthouse afterward? It's <laughs> fourteen thousand dollars. <laughs> anyway, well, I'd be royally screwed if someone tried to take fourteen thousand dollars out. Cause that's, well, yeah, I would too. But it's about thirteen thousand five hundred more than I have in my account. Oh, it's not sad if you laugh. At first, the Uber insisted that the bill was legit and refused to refund the money. That is, until the patron who had the <laughs> Richie Rich Emily Kennard $14,000 air posted her picture. Oh, it's a her. Oh, Emily. Okay, yeah. so it was Emily Kennard, just after she like jumped out of her money pile. She's like... Some rich lady. I know. Well, an Uber spokesperson admitted that the massive charge did happen, and so the company has since decided to refund it. So there was an error here, and it's been resolved. We have provided a full refund to this rider and apologize for the experience. We have safeguards in place to help prevent something like this from happening, and we're working to understand how this occurred. Yeah, that, that kind of makes me wary, because if someone's going to subtract, you know, money that I don't have from my account, and then you get the overdraft and everything, oh, Greg, it's a conundrum. Yeah. Thank God that story's over. All right. So we all know it's another Christmas, another fucking gimmick. Last year was the glitter beard. Remember that? Oh, God. Yes, I forgot about it. Well, out with the glitter beard. This year's... It's where you dump b- a bunch of glitter in yes, your Yes, right? and everyone that's, hates that's really, you because that's... glitter is awful. Yeah. I mean, it looks great, but then you'll never get rid of it, ever. You're going to be a glitter beard for life. Yeah. All right. Well, if you don't want to commit to a glitter beard, don't have a beard. But uh, most people have these. 
You can make yourself a pair of Christmas eyebrows. What are Christmas eyebrows? Well, I'm so glad you asked me. The Christmas eyebrows are all the rage this year. They're not. It's achieved by using gel to separate out your eyebrows to make them into peaks to resemble sorts of wreaths or trees with your eyebrow hairs. Mm -mm. Then you can top them with gems, stickers, and other glittery objects. No. If you'd like to get some inspiration for your own Christmas eyebrows, Greg Nibbler. Oh, no. You can find many a Pinterest page dedicated to them. Oh, my God. I'm taking a look at these pictures. If you've never looked up Christmas eyebrows. Oh, Christmas eyebrows. It's disturbing. Ugh. (laughs) Oh, yeah. There's one of them. Yeah. It's like they glued a bunch of... Took their individual eyebrow hairs and yeah, made it look like they've got yes, Greg. They're Christmas branches eyebrows. and caterpillars on their face, and then put glitter balls on them. Oh, that's no, uh-uh. mm, well, no. It is it is trending. So uh, be sure to send Greg your pictures of your Christmas eyebrows because I know he wants to see them. No. All right, this is a true story. Next up, the headline reads. Freakish ex-soldier who injects himself with homemade muscle bulking brew faces having bazooka arms falling off. Bazooka arms? Wait, so he ejected... All right, so this is kind of mean. I mean, I didn't say this, but they call him freakish. Freakish ex-soldier who injects himself with homemade muscle bulking brew now faces having his bazooka arms falling off. Okay, you start injecting yourself, A, just to start off, with homemade muscle building brew, you... Renee on the right to not be called freakish. Like you, you're you're admitting that's okay. <gasps> okay, that's true. I mean, you you Your did that to yourself. Muscle bulking brew. That is a self inflicted thing. I just like the phrase bazooka arms. Bazooka arms. Greg, up, will you please arms? start calling yourself bazooka arms? Oh, bazooka arms over here. Oh, good old bazooka arms. All right, so this is a 21 year old kid. His name's Karel uh, Tarishin. Karel Tarish? Where is Karel from? Um, Russia. Russia. Okay. All right. So, I didn't want to say it, but. Okay. He is known for his huge Popeye-style biceps, or his bazooka arms. Bazooka <laughs> But concerns have been raised after Carell has posted on Instagram that his, quote, bazooka arms are about to fall off. Oh, my God. Look at these. That's ridiculous. I mean, they look... Well, he has not stopped injecting his body with his homemade muscle-building brew. That looks photoshopped, and it looks really gross. His muscles are like... Like bruised purple too. They're like the size of watermelons, and then <laughs> stop. Like it's they're falling apart inside. Well, and doctors have told him stop injecting yourself with your own crazy homemade muscle bulking brew. But just looks like swelling. That's not muscle. Because your arms are going to fall off. Literally, his arms are going to fall off. <laughs> so he's gained notoriety for his Popeye style biceps after using chemicals to bulk up his muscles. Um, Sarah, as a lady, do you find his no. Popeye arm, his bazooka no. arms, quite attractive? No. Hard to Well, Carrillo says, even though he's in danger of having to have both of his arms amputated, <laughs> he's still going to continue injecting himself with his homemade potion. What is going on? Someone just take it away from him. What, what is the potion, by the way? Bazooka arms are bust, Greg. What, what is his potion? Uh, it's his homemade muscle I building brew. I want to see what it is, though. Um, it's chemicals. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Okay, here it is. Homemade synthol muscle enhancer. Greg, are you really, are you looking at a, do you want your own bazooka arms? Yeah, I'm going to start injecting my own bazooka arms. 
I hate needles, number one. I would never inject myself with anything. But synthol is made up of 85% oil. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, so synthol is 85% oil, 75% lidocaine, 7.5% alcohol. Here's what he's doing. His concoction is olive oil, 85% olive oil, lidocaine, and then benzyl alcohol. That's what he's putting in to a, to a needle and injecting himself. Jesus. To a syringe. That is, he's injecting olive oil into his arm. There's a whole other Popeye olive oil joke there, and I. There is. There's something. There's something something to piece together there, but let's let other people do it. Yeah. (laughs) That's okay. Yeah, it is. They're noticing the shocking red and purple discoloring from his. All right, it's true. All right, so uh, Squatch is saying. I know. It's just there. There's definitely something. Well, Squatch there. is saying that it's because I forgot about this, but Popeye had huge forearms and small biceps. Remember, Popeye had the huge. Oh yeah. But didn't he have biceps too? Well, I guess more of the. No, no he the had more punchy. the forearms. Yeah. Yeah, the punchy. forearms and like big the fists. Punchy arms. But still, I think it's a. All right. So this. I think the moral of uh, the story is don't put olive oil injected into your body. And then get bazooka arms that are going to fall off. But again, it's like that's not even muscle. It's just you've completely destroyed your muscle tissue so it's swelling and dying. That's not muscles. Like, I doubt he can go lift up a car with those things. You know what I mean? Who's to say, bro? <laughs> Maybe you can. Maybe I need to start doing that and going to the gym. Maybe I'm I just I knew jealous. that was why I you were looking up the recipe. My bazooka arms, man. I mean, it probably smells pretty good. All well, of those bazooka a good arms. smell. Uh, not the rotting f- flesh? No, probably not. Ew. Why do you have to say such gross things? Look at it. It's it's gross. It is. I mean, it's purple and. Okay, will you stop? What is wrong with you? Bloated. I feel like you're jealous or something of his bazooka arms. Because I want my bazooka arms? <laughs> I'm going to call you Greg Bazooka Arms Portland's Nibbler. Bazooka Arms. <laughs> it's like that phrase, bazooka arms. He's got six, they're 60 inches, 60 inches. No, that's not right. That can't that, be that, right. That's not right. 60 centimeters. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. I was, as I was reading that, they're not five feet across. Um, <laughs> he's got 23 inch biceps and he wants to go to 27 inches. Oh. Before Hulk they Hogan fall had off. 24 inch pythons. Before they fall off? Yeah. Before his bazooka arms fall off? Yeah. So I'm sure you can find him on Instagram and see, <laughs> wait for the. Inevitable. Watch when his bazooka arms fall. Well, now off. you know how to make it at home if you want to. There you go. Yes, it's just olive oil. It's a real tricky, real tricky, tricky potion. All right, and finally, I have a story out of England, out of Bristol, England. A woman by the name of Amethyst Realm. Total real name. Amethyst Realm. Amethyst Realm is now coming forward. She's 27 years old. She's a spiritual guidance counselor. And she is now admitting that she has had sexual relations with at least 20 ghosts. And that she prefers ghost lovemaking to that with human men. Well, Amethyst Realm, again, super real name, appeared on the British TV show ITV this morning to discuss what being what she calls being ghosted. Oh, that's not what the... That's when you stop text messaging someone. Yeah, that's when you just, like, you Irish goodbye somebody in a relationship. 
All right. Well, Amethyst Realm, again, 27-year-old spiritual guidance counselor who loves spirited lovemaking, is what she says, said, oh, the first experience was 12 years ago after she and her then fiancé, well, I wonder why they, that didn't work out, <laughs> uh, moved into a new house and she felt the presence of a strange entity. She says, it started as an energy and then became physical. There was a pressure on my thighs and a breath on my neck. I, I kind of got a little like Irish there. I didn't mean to. I've been watching a lot sure of broad. I've been watching a lot of broad church, and so it's it's kind of. What's that Irish though? I'm not gonna say. It's on my thighs and breath on my neck. Accent. Yes, I think that's it. Pressure on my thighs and breath on my neck. All right, just let me that's get through this. An, you know, Tommy was sewing this accent. Like, doesn't make any. sense. I just always felt. Say, oh, I, I want to learn how to do a good Tommy whistle. Um. I just always I did felt not. safe. I did not. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. It's bullshit. Oh, hi, doggy. You're my favorite customer. Bye-bye. I give you my heart and you stab me in the okay. back. I'm fed up with this world. Okay. All right, I'm sorry. So this is her talking about her sweet lovemaking. So, sorry. It started out as an energy then became physical. There was pressure on my thighs and breath on my neck. I just always felt safe. I had sex with the ghost. You can feel it. It's difficult to explain. There was a weight and a weightlessness. A physical breath and a stroking. Ew. Gross. Gross. And the energy as well. Now, Amethyst Realm said she had an affair with the ghost for three years. But then that ended when her human husband came home from work early and saw the shadowy shape of a man tumbling with his... Fiance through the window. <laughs> oh, I guess it's his wife at that point. Never mind. It's a yeah. human husband. Yes, he came home and got her cheating on him with a ghost. Yeah, that's that's why he left. Since that's then, that's why he left. Since then, Amethyst Realm hasn't strayed from the <laughs> paranormal dating pond, and says she's had sexual encounters with at least twenty ghosts. <laughs> well, when during I the thought in- you were just friends with those ghosts, and I come home to this. All right. Well, uh, when she was talking to one of the interviewers on this TV show, uh, he, who commented to her that the number of ghost lovers she'd had was quite substantial. It seemed as if he was judging her for her having so many ghost lovers. Ghost slut. He said, I should imagine you've got quite a name for yourself in the spirit world. I would imagine they would be keen to visit you. Everyone's like, hey, I'm a ghost. Some human lady wants to haunt me. Let's do it. Well, now Amethyst Realm has... I mean, you can't really blame anybody involved. I mean... Sure. If it's consensual all around, then just go for it. All right, now Amethyst Realm wants to up the ante and wants to get pregnant by (laughs) one of the ghosts. (laughs) Uh, Amethyst Realm says, I've done a bit of research into phantom pregnancies. There's a possibility that it is a ghost in you, but people don't quite know how to carry it to full term. (laughs) Alex Shocker! In the, Alex in the live chat just said Ghost Slut is her metal band name. Ghost Slut. <laughs> yes! Alex, you have to do that. You have to do that. Alex, please will you make me a button that says Ghost Slut on it? <laughs> but it has to be like that creepy, like the, you know, the drippy kind of oh, ghost yeah, font. Really ghost Slut. <laughs> or no, the ghost has to be the drippy one, and then Slut has to be like the 80s, like, in you know, like cursive, like the cursive, like lipstick writing. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh huh. All right. 
Well, Amethyst Realm isn't the first person to have claimed to have had sexual relations with a ghost. Of course, Bobby Brown has come out to say he's had the... That's right. And also, Kesha, they've both said they've had supernatural natural sex sessions. Man. Uh, So it's said that people who report to have sexual relations with a ghost report feeling pressure on them and even penetration. But the ghosts (laughs) don't have warmth when they're in the room. It's very cold. However, a, a normal person, a psychotherapist, says it's very possible that ghostly sexual encounters are actually a type of hallucination that occurs what? during the transition between wakefulness and sleep. Such hallucinations can be extremely vivid and bizarre. She's too logical, okay? This is just really, like, rude of her to try and take well, away. Well, also, if she really is talking about this seriously and that she's having consensual sex with ghosts, she was married. So she cheated on her husband multiple times. She did. So I guess she's, if she's looking at it from this she angle. She is a ghost slut. Yeah. We are ghost like shaming her. Yeah. Yeah. Amethyst realm. Yeah. I mean, really. Yeah. Yeah, I'm judging. Okay. I'm judging. All right. Yeah. Be mad at me. Mm-hmm. Ghost, ghost shaming her. Yeah. Ghost affairs. All right. All right, there you have it. So if you're a ghost and you're listening, head to uh Bristol, England, because I think Amethyst Realm might have a good time for you. That's your world of crazy. <laughs> Ghosts from all around flocking to England. <laughs> Dude, did you hear about this chick? <laughs> are, are you Amethyst Realm? <laughs> Jesus. Uh, okay, so as for tonight, I was just thinking about it as I was talking because this is what I do. I kind of want to dress like Tommy Wiseau to go to the movie. Tonight, oh. With the multiple belts and the sunglasses. I, I will leave that up to you. Or I can do the Lisa with the, uh, with the necktie around my head. I'm, I'm, you know, you do you, man. Yeah. Or wear a red dress. Lisa, you look so sexy. What, are you, what is your... I don't know. I'm not sure where you're going. With it, I don't know. I don't know. You don't have to dress up for everything. I know, but I like it. I mean, there's nothing, no reason not to dress up. uh, You know, things if that makes you happy. But you're going to a movie theater. That's true. With my purse wine. (laughs) Yep. I mean, I'm seeing Star Wars on Thursday. It's like a weird movie week for me. No. I don't go to movies very often. Me neither, actually. This is the first time in a long time I've been very excited to go see Star Wars on Thursday. Okay. Star Wars! All right. Uh, Let's let's do some quick ball talk here. Oh, you have some ball talk? I got a little bit of ball talk. All right. Hang on. Let me get that ball talk ready. Let's just do a little bit of ball talk. Oh, yeah. We're still using this thing. By the way, uh, send us in any suggestions that you have for (laughs) ball talk music. Because until you do, this is what it's going to be. Yeah. I mean, if nobody's selfing. Or if somebody wants to send in their own homemade... yeah, we have lots of musicians out there. Does anyone want to instrumental something? track? Instrumental, yeah, instrumental. Track. I've had a few people send it in with their um, with their own intros for it. Probably instrumental will be best for this one, but I would appreciate it. Thank you. I love the like. Do you hear him in the back? Mm-hmm. Wait, I, I gotta wait for it to come back around. I'm Greg Nibbler. Let's talk balls. Balls. All right, it's just a small bit of ball talk today. Small balls. Just a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Because it's been a while since we've done it. Uh, did I say that Oregon has a new head coach? I don't know. University of Oregon hired, you know, after their coach left them, ditched them after one year, less than a year. Willie Taggart. Oh, sk- good old Willie. Skedaddled back off to Florida to be the head coach at Florida State. Ditching 
Oregon. Ugh. After less than a year, after making all the promises in the world about so many how we're starting something promises. together and we're going to be together forever and we're going to build this program and we're going to do all this. And then, oh, never mind. Florida State called them gone. Well, they did hire the offensive coordinator named Mario Cristobal. Mario Cristobal. That is a good name. That's a solid name. Mario Cristobal. I mean, it has a very nice flow to it. Mario, Mario Cristobal. Mario Cristobal. Mario Cristobal. Hello, my name is Mario Cristobal. Oh, I feel like he's like a, like the lord of some sort of manor. He like could a, be the lord. Mm-hmm. I think his mom was just Cuban, is what it was. Oh. But still. Still. Such a beautiful name. Mario though. Cristobal. It is a, that's a solid name. I cannot lie. But being somebody named Greg Nibbler, I appreciate it. I know. Like you have some like, solid Cristobal. name envy. Well, I mean, it's, it's a fun name to say. because oh, Greg Mario Nibbler Cristobal. is kind of like... Mm. Mario Cristobal. Mario Cristobal. It's, it's fun. Anyway, bottom okay. line is, he seems like he's going to be a pretty good coach. He did a uh, good interview, blah, okay. blah, blah. We'll see what he's like. Uh, but he is the new head coach at Oregon. And they, to make sure he doesn't bolt and do the same thing, they put in a buyout clause of $11 million. So if he leaves within the first, I think it's a five-year deal, if he leaves within the first four Something like that. He's got to pay $11 million, an $11 million penalty. Oh, boy. And he's only make, he's making two and a half a year. So he'd have to pay more than what his contract that he would make. To leave. So they're really like, all right, you can't they're leave like, us now. Yeah. Well, they, they really screwed up with the Willie Taggart contract by not putting a bigger penalty in there. So I think they learned the lesson. Anyway, that's it. Mario Cristobal is head coach at Oregon. Moving on. A couple other things. Did I talk about Seattle and the NHL team? Mm-mm. Seattle may be getting an NHL team now ahead of Portland, which I thought Portland would get the NHL team first because I think we deserve it better because we already have a stadium that can support an NHL team, and this would be a great city for NHL. However, Seattle now just approved a $660 million renovation of Key Arena in downtown Seattle, bringing it up to code for not only the National Hockey League, but also the NBA when the construction is completed. And upon passing of that, NHL commis- Commissioner Gary Bettman announced that the league would authorize a Seattle ownership group to file an application for an expansion franchise. Oh my God, Michael will never shut up. Sarah's brother-in-law will never shut up about this because I saw him over uh, oh my when, God. when they were down here. Yeah. And, and the thing is, I told him that Portland would get one first because it makes sense. We've got a stadium ready for it. Like, they can move in tomorrow and you can play NHL games there. And he, the way he discounted me... This is why it's personal. The way he discounted oh, my idea, he's like, no, that's not going to happen. So Seattle's going to be getting one. Like, just a, he's just swept it under the rug after I said that. Oh, yeah, and, you can't talk with him about hockey. Oh, he's just like no, a it robot. it pissed me off so much <laughs> that I'm like, God, no, I want Portland to get it. Oh, now I it's know. personal. Michael's infuri- I want Portland to get it before Seattle to prove him wrong. No, I love and Michael, but he's, he's right. one of the most infuriating people I've ever met. No, he's great. No, but he's but infuriating when issue. it comes to hockey. I yeah. just wanted to. Like, I know. I wanted to be that right. Di- the way he just Greg discounted so, what I said and just like, like air grabbing. Like it's almost like right he now. laughed at me. Like yeah, no. Anyway, no little man. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> oh, screw you. And now he's right. He may be right. Probably right. They're the only ones allowed to file for an expansion. So they're probably going to get one in a couple of years. <sighs> <laughs> Our friend uh, Tugi in the chat says, and let's hope he doesn't listen. No, he can- well, the problem is if he listens, then it's just going to make it 10 times worse because now he's going to know that it bothers me. I didn't let on that it bothered I've me. I've known Michael for 10 years. He does not listen. He's not going to listen. No. We don't talk about hockey. 
Well, little does he know. We are talking about hockey. Well, and the bottom line is I don't know anything about hockey either. I just wanted the team before Seattle did. I know. Not, well, cause you had, or I like, want both cities to get one. Either one gets it or they both get it. Not, none, or, none or both. We have to share. I want Seattle to get a, an NBA team. I really want the Sonics back. I love the Sonics-Blazers rivalry. Blazers are all alone up here without the Sonics. They're all alone. They're all alone. Is that why they're playing so poorly? Well, I don't know. They need somebody. But, you know, now we've got... They're going to have a team, but we're not going to have a team. It's not fair. All right, moving on to ball talk. That didn't sound whiny at all. Not at all, Sarah. It's not fair. Just a couple of quick things. One, I wanted to talk about this guy. So there are pictures servicing right now uh, coming up of this uh, tennis player. Her name is Eugenie Bouchard. And I'll admit I did not know who she was, but apparently she's a very, very good tennis player. Eugenie Bouchard, who posted a picture recently of herself at a, I believe, a Brooklyn Nets game with a gentleman. And then that was followed up by some more pictures, more uh, pictures of her at her house hanging out with this gentleman. And it turns out this guy is somebody that she met earlier this year. So this dude's name is John Gerke. And John Gerke... Oh, good old John Gerke. ...is not a famous athlete. He's not... He's just an ordinary guy. And last year during the Super Bowl, he decided to post... If you remember, it was uh, the Atlanta Falcons versus the New England Patriots. And Atlanta was leading uh, by a lot at halftime. Atlanta looked like they were in the driver's seat to win the... They were to, to win this, the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I believe it was at halftime, he posted on Twitter just randomly to this famous tennis player who's also a quite attractive woman, and said, uh, if the Patriots come back and win, will you go on a date with me? And why she would respond to that, I don't know, but she responded and I, I guess said okay to this random Well, she probably thought account. he was cute. Um, yeah, maybe. I mean, but he's... That's the only way that she would respond to that is if she looked at his face, she's like, okay, well, he's kind of cute. Well, there's a picture here in the, in the live chat, too, that okay, you can take a look. See. Well, he did. She oh, honored it. They went on a date. Oh yeah, he's and very now, good like, looking. And now, like months later, they're uh, they're still dating. So this guy with his random Twitter post is now dating a super hot, famous athlete because he just randomly posted to her on Twitter. They look like one of those uh, really pretty like brother sister couples. They like, do they look, look like very similar. They look like she's they could be... way more attractive than he is. He's pretty attractive. They look like they uh, could be related. They actually. Genuinely look like they could be related. Look at their noses. They're almost exactly the same. Oh, they're just dating each other. That's probably it. They're like, oh, you're the hot lady version of me. Oh, you're the hot man God, version of me. God, when you zoom in, they do kind of. No, they really do. The noses are the same. The, the noses eyes are, are exactly kind of the, the same. same. And the eyes. Oh, yeah. All right. You kind of got me on there. Yeah. Oh, that is kind of weird. Huh. Yeah, it looks like, look at that picture that Jez just posted in the chat. If you put her makeup on him. They would look like the same person. Yeah, Ed, Ed just said they, they're they about equal. Yeah, saying they're both good. Well, yeah. yeah I trust She's Eddie's definitely opinion. more rich and famous. I mean, that's for sure. Mm. Well, anyway, I was just going to say a g- good job on this guy. I mean, that's a smooth move to go from just writing somebody randomly on Twitter when it's a famous athlete saying, will you go on a date with me? And then mm. It worked. So anyway, I just wanted to bring that up. I don't know why. And finally, bottom line is this, the Buffalo Bills. Fans are crazy, and I still want to go to a game next year, so we'll probably be doing something with that. I have to go to a game. Oh, my God, you're so obsessed. Every day, there is just more and more 
more and more of this comes out in the live chat. Our friend Tui just said, let's just say I wouldn't be attracted to a woman who looks like me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm there with you. I feel the same thing about myself. Uh, but, but Buffalo Pills. Fans are crazy. I want to go to a tailgater next year in Buffalo Bill Stadium and just see the madness for myself. All right, that concludes this edition of Ball Talk. <laughs> Okay. Is that what some people look for? Do they consciously do that? Like, I don't look for know. Somebody that looks just like them. I don't know. I don't think I've ever did anyone that looks like. Like me. I remember the Seinfeld episode where there was Lady Jerry or whatever they called her. Oh yeah. Something like that. <laughs> that they did. It was it was what's her name too? Who's a famous actress? At the time, anyway. She oh, was I can't remember. Yeah. but they did. They looked alike because you know that probably came about as they saw each other at a party or something like. Like, just hanging out, and they're like, oh, my God, we kind of look like, yeah. like, there's an episode of <laughs> there Seinfeld. There is an episode, yeah. <laughs> we should date each other. All right. Anyway, um, before we go today, I did want to say a big thank you to one of our fine sponsors. who has been a fine sponsor throughout many years, and that is Next Adventure. Next Adventure, uh, your home for anything outdoor-related. And they're based right here out of Portland, Oregon, with their main store on the corner of Stark and Grand. Which, if you saw it this past weekend, it was the sock drive, and there were. <laughs> I drove by, and it is my favorite thing in the world because I was actually on my way to work, and I saw them, and everyone out there all dressed up and. All of their Christmas glory. They are really, really great. They do a <laughs> lot for the community. Next Adventure, Deacon Brian are the owners. They've been here in Portland for, let's see, what was it? Tw- I think it's 20 years mm-hmm. is now is the, yeah, established 1997. So this is the 20-year anniversary this, this year. And they have just opened up a brand new location in Sandy, Oregon. So Sandy, Oregon is on the way up to the mountain. So if you're, if you're around this area and you go do any kind of skiing on Mount Hood, which is Timberline, Bachelor, Mount Hood Meadows, or not Bachelor, excuse me, Timberline Ski Bowl, Mount Hood Meadows. Mm. If you're going up to Mount Hood at all, you inevitably will probably end up going through Sandy, Oregon. It's kind of like the gateway to Mount Hood. And now they have a shop right there. We can rent skis, rent equipment, uh, buy stuff. It's a great location, perfect for them. So if you're heading up to the mountain at any point. You can just rent it down there on the way Yeah, up. you can rent it there on the way That's up. That's awesome. It's a perfect spot. Right off, the, right off the highway, right off of 26. And you can pass it there as you go into town. So stop off there. That's where you should go do your renting for anything that you're going to do on the mountain over this winter. Go to Next Adventure right there in Sandy. So congratulations to them on that. That is awesome. Uh, Nextadventure.net. That is where you can go and check out everything about them and get the exact addresses and all of that stuff. Very cool. Thank you to them. And thank you to everybody out there who listens to our show again. Fun Employment Radio. Send us an email, funemploymentradio at gmail.com. Yes, I'm really sorry again. I didn't mean to sound like a snob when it came to the room. Did I sound like a snob? Well, and the more you keep saying it, then yeah, I you know. definitely did. I know. Yeah. You sound like a room hipster. I Oh, no. Well, I've actually listened to the B-sides and the extra cuts that maybe you haven't seen before, so... Mm-hmm. And you have, haven't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, man. Yep. Anyway, I'm so excited. <laughs> I want to give a big thank you to our friends, uh, Paul and Patch. Yes, for our Squatch Scarves. sent us Bigfoot Scarves. <laughs> thank you. That was very cool. Bigfoot Scarves. I don't, I'm wearing mine. So you can't wear it right now, Greg, because I'm wearing mine today. We're not going to have matching oh, scarves. Squatches are my thing. Nope. That's not fair. 
Well, maybe you should get better at these things because it feels like I'm kind of knocking the Squatch game out of the park lately. You are not knocking the Squatch game out of the park. That's not even a thing. And you're just kind of lollygagging a little. I want to give a shout out to Christopher as well for the donation. It's at funemploymentradio.com. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thanks to everybody who supports our show just by listening, sharing it. Uh, tell a friend about it. Post about it on Facebook or, your, or Twitter or wherever your social media is. Even if you don't think like, oh, I don't have many followers. Nobody's going to care. No, it matters. It really does matter. So if you, feel, if you have an episode, a favorite episode of our show, um, you can go to our website, funemploymentradio.com, and search for it. There's a search bar if you want to hear the old Tommy Wiseau interview from God knows how many oh years ago. Oh, my God, yeah, from seven years you can ago. search there and find that. <laughs> Um, or find whatever your favorite episode is and share it directly from our page. You can share it however you would like to share things. That would be very cool. Awesome. All right. That's about it. That's about it. All right. Thanks so much, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow with more Fun Employment Radio. Bye, friends. Bye. Bye.